scripture reading this morning comes from Luke, the first chapter, <clears throat> verses 30 through 33. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and we will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for uh, taking your day to come and to worship God. Happy Mother's Day, and I hope that it has been a blessing and will continue to be a blessing uh, for you uh, on this day. Uh, I know that we have several joining us on live stream, and I thank you for choosing to do that, uh, to join us as we come together to worship. As we just uh, read, and thank you for reading that, we, we, we read about Mary finding out that she was going to be the mother of a child. How do you think she felt when she heard that noise? That noise, huh? uh, that, uh, um, man, <laughs> yep, uh, she heard noise, um, noise translates into sound, and words are noise translating into sound, I just tied it all together, like I did that, it's amazing to me that, that she hears that, and there is, you can imagine, excitement, there is joy, there is fear, all those things wrapped up in hearing that she is going to hear, have a child. I don't know if that feeling is any different today with anyone who finds out that they're going to have a child. There, there is a, a mixed uh, 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 emotions, I think, that come about from that. And I think that's part of why today is a special day and also a tough day for some. It's an emotional day. A couple years ago, I started seeing every time Mother's Day was approaching, some, um, I guess some posts on Facebook and some different articles on why people hate going to church on Mother's Day. And, and I had a very good friend uh, who she talked about, uh, she just asked on Facebook uh, a few years ago, said, is there anybody today on Mother's Day not preaching a, a sermon about mothers? She was someone who would love to have been married and love to have had children. Also, she had a, a tough relationship with her mom. Her mom has passed on, and, and she said it was just a tough day for her, and it made me think about some things, I guess, a little bit differently. And today, we want to make sure that we honor and think about that and are mindful of everyone, no matter where they are. When I can't think about mothers, first of all, to those who gave birth this year to the first child, today we celebrate with you. We know that that is exciting, and we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with the little ones every day and wear the badges of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experienced loss this year through a miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we also mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is. Do you realize sometimes when you ask a couple that's been married a little while, are you ever going to have kids that they've been trying with all they have? And to them, sometimes it's a reminder of the struggle they're having. Hey, you think about this. To those who, who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you 
To those who are, have a warm and, and close relationship with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. And also to those who've lived through their driving test, medical test, and overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have an emptier nest in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you to those who are single and want to have children. We will wait with you this Mother's Day. We will walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst, and we remember you. We are thankful today for all those who are on this spectrum, no matter where you are. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come for before you today, so I'm thankful for you and thankful for our moms. Thankful for all those who want to be moms, those who have all these different uh, emotions we've talked about. Lord, please be a joy and a comfort and a strength in everywhere you can, and you know where we need it. God, give us more godly moms. In Christ, we pray. Amen. It's amazing. When you talk to moms, you'll hear them say many of them want to be a good mom. The thing is, how do you learn how to do that? How do you learn how to be a good mom? And, and if I were to ask you a lot of different uh, thoughts about traits in a good mom, you would say they are selfless, they are faithful, they are joyful, they possess great determination, they, they, are, they are comforters, they are teachers, they are loving. But again, how do you learn how to do that? You could, uh, you could Google it. I did. Okay, how to be a good mom. And, 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 and in a, I got in about... Half a second, I had 112 million uh, articles come up on how to be a good mom. I didn't read them all. I don't have that much time, okay? I need to focus on how to be a good dad. And so, but, but you could do that. And what's funny is if you read that and, and they tell you how to be a good mom, some of you say, you know what, you need to read a lot, need to read a lot of books. People recommend baby-wise to us. We have people rec recommend, you know, how to get your baby to sleep 12 hours in 12 weeks. That's, if you average it out, that's probably how much they sleep, right? Okay. Uh, it is funny. Then there's competing books. A and then you read. I, I laughed. There was one mom that said that she became a part of a, a mentoring group with other moms, and she thought she could learn a lot about being a good mom from them until she went to the first meeting. They, they, were, they were walking around, and she had given her child some snacks, and they came, when they finished their, their, their walk, they, they were all taking their children out of their, 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 uh, their little seats, and when she took it out, her child's hands were, were covered in orange Smurfs or, or Cheetos. I mean, they were covered in orange Smurfs, and all of a sudden what happens is, had another mom just tell her how she was poisoning her child. You know, I can tell you, you can eat Cheetos and not die. I'm proof. I mean, I, I, will, I promise you, you know, I don't know how many you can eat and not die, but however many I've eaten, I haven't died yet. It's okay. But she says she felt really rough because she joined a group of people to try to learn how to be a better mom and what she felt was judged. And also, you may say, I want to spend time with, 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 uh, with older mothers and, and people who are grandmothers now and, and, and share from them. Can I tell you, each one of them has a different thought. I remember when my nephews were born, they were uh, a, a couple months early. They were twins. And so after they were born, it was sort of all hands on deck, and, and I went and stayed with my brother 
for a while, and, and we were having to bottle feed them every two hours. And I remember doing that and getting back to Kentucky, and they said, hey, what have you been doing? I said, helping feed my nephews. And they said, what did you have to do? They said, every two hours, we'd, we'd even have to wake them up. They'd fall asleep while feeding. And those older women nearly beat me to death. They said, you don't ever wake up a sleeping baby. They said, you know who eats? Hungry babies. And you'd have thought that I broke one of the Ten Commandments. I mean, it was that much. And you think about, I think people want to be a good mom. They just wonder how. How do I do that? And the thing is, a lot of moms put themselves through this. Am I a good mother? What if, by asking that, we're asking the wrong question? I don't see anywhere in the Bible that says be a good mom. I just don't, don't see that laid out that way. What if? The right question is, am I a godly mother? That's a different set of standards. It's a different different model there that, that is there. It's one thing to be good. It's one thing to be godly. A godly mother is a good mother. But some can be, quote, good mothers without being a godly mother. Can I tell you what God wants is for all ladies to be godly mothers. Why? Because a good mother versus a godly mother, because the, the point is we want to have godly mothers who have godly children that turn into godly adults. And the thing is we want to pass on the faith from moms to children and see them grow up to pass on faith themselves. When we look in God's Word, I think we see some things there. And the thing is, some of you want to check out this morning because you're like, Craig, you're just talking to moms. No, what I'm going to say today is applicable to everybody. Because I think what the Bible says about being godly applies to, to everyone. And when I see this, I think this is the key to being a godly person. When Jesus was asked, what's the great commandment, he said this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's what he said in Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. I believe what we need to be godly parents, godly single people, godly men, godly women, whatever, is all included there. What do we see? It's about love. If you want to be a godly mom, I see it's about love. And first of all, a godly mother's first priority is loving God above all. God has to take priority. God has to be above all. And if we want to be godly, we have to make sure he is on the throne. To love the Lord God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when I look at this, the word that makes this difficult is the word all. As you hear me preach, you're going to hear me say this a lot. The word all is one of the toughest words in Scripture. Because it doesn't leave any room. I'm thankful that he forgives me of all my sins. I love it there. But wouldn't this verse be a lot easier if it was to love the Lord your God with some of your heart, some of your soul, some of your mind, some of your strength? That's not what it says. All, in order to be godly, God wants all of us. That's why he says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Doing what? Put God above all. Who's to do that? Moms are. See, there is a danger, and, and the danger is to put your child above everything. My child is my everything, so I will give anything and stop at nothing. That is all. I, another word, all. I have seen that. But there is a danger at putting your child above everything else. Whitney Houston may be one of the most talented people ever to walk the earth. 
She could sing. She could act. She, she was an amazing talent. And in an interview, she said, I have priorities and maintaining my daughter is my first. That was her priority. You know, Whitney has passed away now. And I've heard other parents say that. And the thing is, I realize that, that children have an urgent need. Would you all agree with that? They will let you know they need something urgently. They will let you know that. So many times we allow the urgent to become priority in our lives. The Bible doesn't say that. The problem is when our children become the first thing in our lives, it's called idolatry. See, there's only one throne and God is supposed to be on it. And no matter who we put on that throne, if we put ourselves on it, if we put our husband or wives on it, if we put our children on it, if we put our jobs on it, no matter what it is, it becomes idolatrous. And can I tell you, God will make you sacrifice your idols. I think if we were to talk today about uh, entitled children, we would say there's a problem, would you? If there are school teachers here, if there are, are people who are, are in law enforcement and people in businesses trying to hire people, they say we have generation after generation of what? Those who feel entitled. And why shouldn't they feel entitled? They've been on the throne their whole life. They've been put above everything else their, their entire life. And, and you think about this. If there's anybody who waited for children in the Bible, you think about Abraham and Sarah waiting until you're 190 to have a child. What's the danger? to make that child your idol. And what did God tell Abraham to do? Sacrifice his son. We know that this didn't go through, that, that Abraham was willing to. I find it interesting. Abraham did not tell Sarah. That would have been a battle. That would have been a great battle. You realize that God didn't tell Sarah to go do this. I've been interesting to see where that would have gone. Sarah was a great person of faith, too. It had been interesting. But told Abraham to do what? Why? Because it is very easy to, to, when you think about being a mother or father, to put that child above everything. And, and we wonder why at times they feel entitled. God never says put your children above everybody else. It's just not in the Bible. He says put your love for me above everything else. I uh, this is a picture of Brianna and her mom and dad. You, some of you got to meet them when they were here after Ezekiel was born. I've said this to you, and I mean it. Uh, by marrying Brianna, I was robbed of some stuff. I was robbed of mother-in-law jokes because her mom is awesome. Man, I already had them waiting. I have mother-in-law. If you need some, come to me. I can help you out. I, I you know, you, you hear people who use it. I, I don't have them. And I've asked Brianna about her parents and, you know, growing up with a dad who was a missionary and a preacher and a mom who was right there involved in it and what made them stand apart. Brianna's the youngest of, of five, uh, five daughters. And she said, you always could tell my mom had God first. She said when she would get up in the night, you know, and she saw her mom, uh, if, if Brown had to get up and, and, and needed water or needed anything else, her mom, uh, she would go by their room if she needed something, and guess what? Her mom was reading and praying and studying. I don't know if you heard about the little boy who, uh, who was laying in bed and was thirsty. I don't know what it is that in a, a child being in bed that causes great dehydration. I'm not sure where that comes from. 
little boy's in bed and he says, uh, Daddy and Mama, can you bring me some water? And what's the answer? No. Go to sleep. A few seconds later, I'm really thirsty. Can I please have some water? And Mom and Dad said, No. Go to sleep. A couple minutes later, he said, Y'all don't understand. I'm so thirsty. Would you please bring me some water? So if I hear it again, I'm going to come in there and whip you. Daddy, when you come to whip me, would you please bring me a glass of water? <laughs> he was thirsty. That's the test. If they'll take a whip and need a glass of water, they are thirsty. Brianna talked about when she walked by her parents' room. Her mom would be praying and her mom would be studying her Bible. We saw that when they stayed with us. Love God. He is more important than anything. To be a good mom, you want to be a godly mom. And that means putting God first. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Uh, Secondly, we see it's all about love. It's not just about loving God. If you want to be a godly mom, then love yourself. That's what the verse says, right? Love other people as you love yourself. And there's a, uh, you have to realize how loved you are in order to, you, you can't give when a tank is empty. When a tank is empty, you, you, you cannot give out of it. I grew up during a time of uh, men siphoning gas if they needed it. I don't know if you ever grew up and your dad wanted to mow the yard and all of a sudden he went and checked the lawnmower and, and the mower was empty. And we didn't go to the store get gas. We'd do, he'd stick a hose in the car. And, and, and all of a sudden, he would have, uh, uh, after some spitting and other stuff going on, he, he, would have, uh, he, he would have enough gas to be able to mow the yard. I sit there and, and think about those things. When that tank is empty, you can't get anything, and it's about loving yourself. Now, th- this is a, a love that realizes how loved you truly are. To love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that standard that Jesus gave and, and, and to say that and to do that, we have to realize, and I think it's important for every mom in here to realize, every person here to realize how loved they are. We're told in the Bible, Jesus loves you. John three sixteen. Jeremiah says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Romans chapter 8, Paul says, beginning in verse 38, neither death nor life or angels or demons or present or future nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else can ever separate you from the love of what? From God's love in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 5, 5 and following. For God demonstrates his own love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ did what? Died for you. 1 John 3, 1, consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. What would happen if all of us, and if moms, found their worth not in, not in their education, not in their relationship status, not in their career, not in their dress size or bank account, but their worth in Jesus and how much Jesus loves them and how much he has gone through for them? I think all of our lives would change. Because what happens with this, our bucket starts filling up. If God's love is inexhaustible and he has loved us and nothing can separate us from that love, that means his love does not change for us. How incredible a thought. I love this, uh, avoid poison envy instead of poison ivy. Because comparison or do what? Comparison will kill you so many times. 
if you don't believe there's such thing called mommy wars, then, then don't go online and look at that. Again, you, you start going through and, and you're trying to do one thing. Somebody will tell you you're nearly evil for trying to do it and do it this way, vice versa. You go back and forth, and it's so easy for us to judge ourselves against somebody's highlight reel. When we see what's every day, I read a book a, a few years ago about family, and this one mom was really struggling. She uh, would go to some different people's homes, and every time she went over there to visit, their homes were immaculate. And she knew what her house looked like every day, so she became someone didn't want people to come over because she didn't want them to, to see her house. And, and finally, she's with one person, how do you do it? I said, do what? I said, your house is always clean. She goes, no, my house is clean when you come over. I grew up, you know, living as a youth minister, it was funny you'd how many moms I'd hear say, we want to host a youth devotion on this date because I'd like to have my house clean. They know they'll clean it if there's a date coming over. And, and she said, well, everything looks right. She said, well, I don't let you see every room in the house either. She said, if we go upstairs, it's a wreck. That's where the kids live. It's one of those comparison things. Listen, it, if God loves us all, and God has a special love for you, and we see that. He loves us, but we love him because he first loved us. Then what happens if we allow that to be what fills us? What happens when we know that all things work together for good for all those who do it, who are called according to his purpose, those who love God and realize he is working in our lives? How does our life change when we are plugged into God? That is where we experience these fruit of the Spirit, and we can show them love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, we see that. What does it do for us? And really realizing as we love God and we love ourselves as Christ has loved us, how does that change us as people? It changes us incredibly well. Why? Because we don't have to compete with anybody else. We can be at peace. And that's what he wants. See, love our neighbor as ourselves. We, we first, we want to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And the thing is, if it's about love on being a godly mother, the next thing is, who's our neighbor? Well, the first neighbor we have, a godly mother's third priority is loving her husband. And, and you think about that. That is something that, that we see that you made a vow before God, including God, to your husband, to me, that's a big deal. A godly mom loves her husband. I realize there are single moms here. Thank you for all you do. This is not intended to beat you up at all. But also the majority of moms here, I would say, are, are married. And, and when we think about this, we realize that part of that commitment you made to God to be a good mom is to love their dad. Look what Paul tells Titus. In Titus uh, 2, verse uh, 35, verses 3 through 5, he said, Older women, likewise be reverent in your behavior, not slanders or slaves or, 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 or too much wine, but they are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Look at that order, how to love their husbands and children. I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. It's right there. I know that's challenging because, again, the urgent takes priority. But your husband's not to be on the throne either. God is the one on the throne, and by loving your husband, you're showing your love for God. 
This verse to me is one of the most, uh, I think, if there are underrated verses or verses we, we probably haven't looked at enough. In, in 1 Peter 3, 1, uh, 1 and 2, it says, uh, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even some of you that do not, some that do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see respectful, pure in conduct. What is he talking about? I know that we have uh, ladies, every congregation ever have ladies who are faithful Christians and their husbands are not. What does this show? The power of the way that you live can change somebody's destiny. You can influence someone else. It said, and you will influence this person who you're married to. They can be won by what? By, not by the way, not by your... Not by hounding them. Not by yelling. Not by, not, they said, without a word, but by the way you live. How? By the way that you love God, by the way that you love them. Because if you're a Christian, they know that you made a vow to God and you live by these standards, and they're going to judge your faithfulness how, how, based on how you love them. And, and when we see that, you have an opportunity to reach them with the gospel and realize your children are watching. They're watching you to see how you treat their dads. Can I, can I tell you, this is something that's not original to me. I've heard many preachers say it, but, but moms, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to love their daddy. And daddy's one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to love their mama. It is something they see that they will carry over. And so we see that as the, the third priority. And, and, and many times, can I say to love your husband, it's going to take all these fruit of the Spirit. It's going to take love and, and joy. It's going to take peace and patience and kindness and goodness and these things. And your children will see that. And then fourthly, can you believe a Mother's Day sermon has loving your kids fourth? I'm just going by what the Bible says. I, I'm trying to do that and be fair with the text. Your next neighbor is your children. Sometimes it's easy, is it not? To love your kids, especially when they're little. As I said, told somebody a couple weeks ago that uh, Ezekiel's not exactly smiling on command, but he's pretty close. I think the Lord knows when you need that because it has made a big difference. You sit there and look, and he starts smiling, and, and no matter what time of day it is, you smile back. Do you know how excited Ezekiel was about Mother's Day? He woke up at 12 o'clock to tell his and I'm not even making that up. I mean, that actually happened this morning. At least that's what she told me. I slipped right through it. So it's not Father's Day. We'll do that in June, okay? But it can be a struggle. Look what great resources you have from God to be able to love yourself and, and love your husband, love your children. When we are plugged into him first, he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and we're going to need that. And it's going to be joy, and it's going to be peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. What's interesting, if I were to ask you what makes a good mom and what makes a godly mom, even if I didn't mention this list, I will tell you the stories you would tell and things about your mom, why you love her, can I tell you they would probably all fit under one of these categories. You would see that. Your children will see God's love through you. They will see his discipline through you. They also see his forgiveness and mercy through you. 
Let them see prayer and service as a priority. I think about all the ladies who showed up yesterday to help in the single mom's car care clinic whose children knew, knew and saw you do that, and some of you included your children in that. Can I tell you? You're teaching them how important God is and how much loving other people means. You may be saying, Craig, you're like, Craig, you hadn't hit me yet today, and, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I, this is a, seems to be really mom-focused. Well, it is. But I'm going to tell you something really good for us as, as husbands and men and children to do. Proverbs 31 says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women, do, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is what? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears God, fears the Lord, is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring praise at the city gate. Can I tell you something? Dads, kids, Brag on your mama. It's in the Bible. You just saw it, right? But if you didn't, let me go and show you again. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband does what? He praises her. He praises her. Honor her. Brag on her. Some of you have gotten mother calls to be able to give. If you haven't, there's about four left at Kroger. I bought mine last night. Can I tell you, get out there. There's, there ain't many left. There's some blank ones, so you get to write what you want. Tell your mama why you love her. Tell your wife why you love her and, and how you see God in her the way that she is raising your child. It's in the Bible. Brag on them. So many times we find ourselves a little bit clueless. And, and I think about this. I, I think about the, the dads that go to work and come home and, and they wonder what their wife does all day. This is one of the greatest pictures I have ever found. And, and, and to all the dads who come home and husbands come home and say, what did you do all day? You see this picture here? Here's the answer. You know, you ask me every day what I do all day. Well, today I didn't do it. Okay. You see what it's like and, and go through and, and you think about all the things that they do to bless your family, brag on them, praise them. If we were to go to things about we love about our mom, but some, some in here that would be a struggle because you've had a tough relationship with your mom. Others, you'd be say, saying, I could write a book and I couldn't list just one thing. I could list things over and over and over. We'll do that. Today, I hope that we get from this. I hope that our moms here and our ladies who, who, who plan on having children just don't want to be good moms. I pray they want to be godly mothers. And we want to be godly mothers who what? Produce godly children who grow into godly adults. And it starts when we realize how awesome our God is and how much he loves you. And we love him back. We love him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we love our neighbors as ourselves. And that we remember that and we want to carry that on and make a difference to those moms out here. Thank you. There are moms in this audience who have never had children because you have mentored other younger children. Thank you for doing that. For all those who, who, who've made a difference, thank you. And realize as you love God and love others, you help all of us to become more godly. We could ask who loves you more than anybody in the world. And can I tell you, most people would say their mama. Mama. 
The answer is Jesus. Nobody loves you more than Jesus, and today you have an opportunity to respond to you, respond to him. It may be today that you're hurting. Maybe the day that you, 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 you want to become a child of God and, and you say, Craig, my home life was really messed up and can I tell you there's a perfect dad waiting on you. They have a perfect relationship with you and he would love today for you to, to put him on in baptism. It may be today that you want us to pray for you and we would love to do that. If we can help you walk more closely with God and be more godly, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?